Hey everyone, just a little note before we start today's episode. The Firecracker Department team came together and decided to take a pause out of respect for the recent fatal shooting in Minnesota. These events are never easy to process or make sense of, and we are offering our deepest condolences to Dante's family and loved ones. We're going to include some links in our show notes for not only the Black Lives Matter movement, but also for Dante's family and how to support them. Thanks. Hey Firecrackers, it's Naomi and welcome to the Firecracker Department. How's everybody doing? How's the world you're living in? Um, I have been... Okay. This is... This is the truth of it. I had a conversation with a squirrel the other day. Okay, it wasn't a conversation because that has to be two ways and that would be just a bit different. I had a discussion. (laughs) I lectured. I lectured a squirrel the other day. Uh, It wasn't a long chat. It wasn't back and forth, as I said. But I did talk about the fact that I bought bird seed, not squirrel seed, and that the squirrel should probably share the seed that I had put down. Anyway, I, I quickly realized I was talking to a squirrel and I stopped that. But I have to tell you, squirrel chat aside, how awesome it is to see spring. And I'm not in the city right now, so I get to see spring in so many different levels. You know, usually if you're in the city, you see like a crocus or you see like um, the street cleaner taking all the dust off the street and that's like a relief. Or you see people taking off their big heavy coats and lifting up their shoulders and actually maybe saying hi to you as you walk past them. Uh, Although nobody's walking past anyone these days in the cities probably. Uh, But here where I am, I'm seeing such I saw a a flower that I didn't know was going to bloom and it caught my breath. I even was, I'm by myself and I was like, oh, oh my. (laughs) Like I was really, I was really beautifully shocked. And as I'm working the land that I am on right now, I'm, I'm struck by the messages and the lessons that I'm getting from it. Do you ever do that? Do you ever find yourself like doing something active and then realizing the lesson you're supposed to get from it? So uh, a couple years ago, I had to chop down some trees because I wanted a clearer view of the lake. And I was like, oh, that's because I want clarity. And then another time I needed to remove a stump because it was getting in my way and I was tripping over it. And that was another lesson. And the other day I posted this on my Instagram. I posted the final ice leaving the lake. And I have to tell you how gorgeous that was not only to see but to feel as the lake took as the lake took movement again and I was like oh oh there's movement again and I feel a little bit less stuck I feel like my creativity is a little bit less stuck and um, it also made me reflect on a time when my father I'm not sure if you know but my father passed away in December and my father was dying and I sat on the edge of his bed and I just cried. And he said, let it flow. Just let it flow, Naomi Marie. And uh, I think that's the lesson for me right now, is trying to let things flow. Uh, And I've got some great teachers around me in this nature. I'd love to hear what you're learning from your surroundings. Hashtag firecracker surroundings. Let me know, let me know what lessons you're learning. 
Let's get into some firecracker shoutouts. Okay, this shoutout is for one of my favorites and from one of my favorites. Here we go. It's time for a firecracker shoutout. My name is Rebecca Marquardt. I am part of Firecracker's script department, and I have a shout out for Alyssa Abler. Uh, Not only is she a fiercely talented and hardworking musician, she is also one of the kindest and most supportive people you could possibly know. Uh, She really goes above and beyond to try to make people feel included, especially at the Sunday brunches, and I am super grateful to have her in my corner. Love you, Liz. To follow these fantastic firecrackers on Instagram for Rebecca Marquardt and all her comedy magic, go to Rebecca Loops. And for Alyssa Abler and all her beautiful Daily Fair music, go to The Daily Fair or Winter underscore Thistle. I don't know about you, but I am loving, I am loving these personal shout outs from all of you. Thank you so much, Rebecca. And of course, yeah, I echo all the shout outs around Alyssa Abler. It was her birthday last week, and that's a pretty fantastic reason to celebrate for me. I think she's just just the bee's knees. Remember, if you've got a firecracker shout out, send it to firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. Don't forget to include who you are, who you're shouting out, and maybe a couple of links to their work, and then we'll include it in our podcast. Thanks, everyone. Now, okay, on with the guest of this show. Here we go. This week, we have comedian, MC, writer, producer, Corey Mack. Now, Corey grew up on a farm in Saskatchewan, and she's been living in Calgary and performing stand-up comedy for now over 30 years. What? That's a long time. She was the producer and founder of the Calgary Comedy Festival. I've been to the Calgary Festival a couple times, first with my improv troupe, the National Theatre of the World, and then with my partner doing some Behrman Sneakers jokes, and then as a podcast host when I did the interview for Jan Arden, which was just extraordinary. And we spoke in real life, yeah, in real life, at the last iteration of this festival in 2019. What? That was so long ago. And it's taken us this amount of time to catch up. Corey ran the Calgary Comedy Festival for seven years, pre-COVID. And as I said, we were able to sit down in real life at the hotel I was staying in Calgary, even though, oh my gosh, Corey was so nuts busy. She took some time for us. And as I said, this is the same festival we recorded our live episode with Jan Arden, the original Firecracker Blaze Award recipient. Corey has starred in her own Comedy Now special on the Comedy Network, performed at Just for Laughs International Comedy Festival, the Hubcap Comedy Festival. She's been nominated for two Canadian Comedy Awards, featured on CBC Radio's The Debaters, and so much more. Lately, Corey's working that Zoom comedy life, like so many of us, and you can book her for virtual comedy shows on her website, coreymack.ca. Now, as I said, this interview was recorded I mean, way before any, anything, (laughs) way before we had any idea of what 2020 held. So we're really taking it back with a little bit of a time capsule here. Try and put yourself into 2019 shoes and think of like Corey and I hanging out in this hotel room and just think, think of everything that we've learned. Not so much about the things that we've had taken away from us because of the pandemic, but think of the things we've learned. And um, I don't know, that sets me up in a, in, a, in a good place. Okay, here we go. Let's jump back in time for my conversation with comedian Corey Mack. You're, 
celebrating 30 years of comedy. That is true. How do you that feel about true. that? Does that, that feel like, true. can you believe it's 30 years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, some people are like, oh, the, where did the time go? No, no. You just kind of go, wow. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, you know, you think about the things you've done longest in your life, right? You know, I smoked a long time. Like, you <laughs> know, you a, I haven't smoked you for a long time for now, but I don't. No, 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 no awards for that. Like, I think I'm, I think those medical graphic things tell you that you're good after 10 years like you get back to a regular healthy Mm -hmm. healthy lungs or whatever but yeah very much uh like what have you done like you know i've played the piano since i was six you know but you know not not consistently right like and comedy it's never been my full-time job and also it's not for the faint of heart no right like i don't know a lot of people that adventurous like and i think it's the number one fear they say talking out loud but honestly, like, I've never met a mic I didn't like, honestly. From the like, start? Oh, from the beginning. Like, who? Like, I'm a middle child. So you know. weren't nervous, like, because I've no. done a little bit of stand-up, Have but you? not like you. I mean, God yeah. knows, not like you, but improv has always been my journey. And the times I have done stand-up, I've just have been so terrified. It really stresses me. But you've never been? Um, no, you know, I'm more nervous when it, my peers are in the room, like, of when, course. you know, because it's just like, that, you know, it could be judgy judges in right. time, right? But, yeah. But not now, like, but there's been times where I'm like, oh, the room is packed or, you know, and yeah. you're just like, wait a minute. Funny now, because I do so many, like, I haven't done the clubs, like, um, Yeah, because you just for, sort of, like, corporate For, stuff, like, yeah. a long time, like, since I was pregnant with our second kid, so since Grace was born, so she'll be, she's 19, so I would say for 20 years, I haven't really done clubs consistently right so it's like um because you know i've done a few here and there yeah but it's not my environment so when i'm there i'm nervous yeah because i'm not it's like, a different it's not muscle. fast right so even regionally like and we we're talking about the other day and it's like in calgary uh we went out really early like we went out before we were ready right. so we become storytellers so you fill up the time so you become the mc the middle the, the headliner so you set right. the room right so which is fine I'm a bit of a storytelling person. Yeah. But when I first started, I really wanted to be wham, bam, like, just, like, joke, 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 and I would not give them anything. And, uh, I want, you know, Winston Spear, uh, Heidi Foss, or mm-hmm. some great Canadian mm-hmm. comics that are just, like, chop, 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 chop. Yeah, and incredible. I, and I just thought, that's pretty groovy. And I thought that was quite fun. And I wouldn't move. I would I would get a laugh because I would do a whip kick with my leg on one of my jokes, and I'd get a big laugh. And then, And then all of a sudden, it was just, like, you get to that comfort level where you're just like, no, this is 90% of the time right. my show is going to be this good. Right. Like to this level. This is where... Like I'm in control now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to, you know, to a certain... Like we're all in the bubble. Like I, I have enough that I can gauge everybody in the room is in my bubble. Right. And we're going to have this much of a good time. Right. Because like, you know, because... It's, it's like a science. Like, it's event management is yeah. what it is, really. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you've got your food, you got your drink. I used to go there early. I'd take off my mom hat. I'd sit in the car for an hour beforehand and and I'd sit in that room for a half an hour. Like, I would just watch the people come in. Like, they've had a big day. They've yeah. fed their kids. Like, it's just the science of humans, right? Here yeah. they come. They haven't got their drink. Like, it's long lineups at the door. They haven't got their drink yet. Like, yeah. it's just going to change the itchiness of the room like yeah. they want it hard and fast they want you know like they're right. like can you suss yeah. it out like could you like you could just kind of it made me feel better to know who they were right coming in yeah because then I could recognize that they're humans those people with their parents that lady's having a birthday like in right. my brain right. it's just like finding out who these humans are yeah you know what is that great book blindness that went like that 
you know, like that notion of the world all turns blind and then and then you're stuck with the people that you're with. So right. ever since I read it, I've never, I don't keep books in my head. Like I read them and they're Move gone. On. And yeah. uh, it's like card game rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't need to remember, right? Right. And that book, I just was so taken by because that's how I watch the room, right? So I watch the yeah. people and... and and so the sense that, like, if I'm in a room in a board mo- meeting and I think, oh, my God, if we all went blind right now, right? what would we do? But were you always like that? Could you always gauge the room? I think I was always, wa- I was trying to be a step ahead. Like, I think I was, you know, I was bullied mm-hmm. as a kid. Yeah. So you second guess every sentence. Right, right, right. And you, and you guess. You're ahead of the game. And you always ahead of the game. You might say something to me and I, I don't trust that that's what you actually meant the first time you said, you know, like, I, you know, I do right. now, like, with people that you trust and know and things like that but that would be the that would be the thing that I would do I would be like not con- but that's what I do I'm just like yeah that's fair like that's right. like I'll be give people a rope I'll give them yeah uh, I'll give them all kinds of chances because I, yeah. I don't I don't think you meant to say that like somebody tried to say something mean to me not very like maybe half a year ago like one of the clients that I work with and that's and, she, and good, she was like it's pretty good half a year ago yeah like, and I she was like, like mm, last week and she was like she said something and she's like, oh, you don't, you know, you don't trust artists or, or something no. about like, I don't give artists enough credit. And I, I book artists like in, in, you know, for a living. And, and um, I was like, oh, I don't think you, that's not for me. Like, I'm not going to take right. that. Right, right, and right. I'd never done that before. But I was like, but absolutely that's, not. That's a shell. Me. Like, that's such yeah. a gar- um, armor like, yeah. that you have to train yourself. To yeah. Get, right. So like when you. In your early days of being bullied, yeah. was that when the armor started going up that you could oh for sure prepare for like, the you know like you know, oh you do what you know right and everybody tell yeah. you like no, ignore them they'll go away yeah you know that what were they bullying you about oh uh, that was the smartest person you know yeah right <laughs> yeah, like oh you uh, get good grades I have now I'm like, the smartest person you. it's just like what you right. know like you know and that made you unpopular right. like small town Saskatchewan you know so and. The gal that was the leader, she was like her mom had passed away, you know. Like so, right, I could right. I could put all of those things in together just to comfort myself. Really, really, it's just to nurture yourself. Sure. Because you know it's not your story, on of some course. level. It still but hurts. Even if you're ten, it's devastating. But even if you're like ten or eleven or twelve or whatever. Yeah. You know, you just know that's like you pray that there's something else. And my parents were great about. You know, we'd go to the lake for two weeks for swimming lessons every summer in another town in Saskatchewan. And and, uh, people liked me. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, I'd go to camp or I'd go to, you know, so there's people all all over the province. Yeah, and people would like, you know, we'd go to my parents, you know, you always went with your parents for dinner and supper and cousins and friends of cousins and second cousins. And and so you would just, you had a a team, you had a, a tribe without those people right. in that classroom, right? To, to make it through, right? Yeah, God. Right. To like, connect, right? Kids are mean. They're, They're terrible. Like, I used to get picked on for having, like, I my favorite shirt was this koala bear shirt that my father had brought back from Australia. Yeah. And people would be like, oh, I'm going to pet the koala. And I'd be <laughs> devastated. I'd be like, well, leave me alone. Like, Maybe that's my favorite thing. Anything. Yeah. And I never wore it again. My favorite. Just like, I wrote a poem in grade seven, and the teacher's... Where it was for Remembrance Day poem for the Legion, and uh, the, the teachers were like, it was a contest provincial wide, and they were like, oh, only somebody will win from grade seven, someone will win from grade eight. Well, then they gave me the prize for grade seven and for grade eight. Well, 
you can imagine. Why would you do What's that to somebody? Wish. Why would you do that? Yeah, right. Why? You know, no, thank me. you. You know me, right? And my mom was like, nope, nope, nope. And my dad, like everybody, you know, it was devastating. Devastating. And they had to read it in front of the school. I had to read, yeah. you know, everybody, you know, like, yeah. and I had to read it in front of the town. My mom was like, take it away, like, give it, give it to somebody in grade right? eight. Like, you, so you couldn't even enjoy that whim. No, you can't, you know. It's just ridiculous. Was there like, any and then it went on to regionals, and, it, you know, like, and it was an essay and a poem. That's what it was. I won both, not just the poem, not just the essay. It was the essay and the poem. The year was 1914. It was our mistress day. The tired of wounded soldiers waited for their pay. Their pay was to see their families, to see their lovely wives. Some were old and some were young and it greatly changed their lives. There you go. What? Like something like that. Come on now. Come on. Not something like that. <laughs> like that, I think. How the heck? That's exactly. No, but like that's. How no, the heck? Where is that in just your like, brain? That's it just amazing. sits there. It just sits there. I like, don't remember my the own only phone first number. Stanza. No, I don't. I don't remember. Oh, that. it's only the first stanza. When I was it's just 10. the first stanza. <laughs> but, so did you even, were you able, because that kind of stuff uh, guides you, right? That yeah. informs the sure. person you are. Sure. Could you even um, embrace that win? Or were you not still... at the time. No, 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 not not at all. Yeah. No. I had a great English teacher, uh, and and he encouraged me to write essays, like yeah, away yeah. from school and things, and like, you know, contests and things like that. Like he would, you know, there was like, Champions, right? Sure. Like oh my God! Thank God for champions, you know. And it's like, but how did that inform like you now? Because, like, did that ever make you want to stop succeeding? Because that's a very pillar like event to have happen. To oh, you. for sure. And I think everybody has those. But you know, I like, never the, wore a koala you know. shirt again. No, in my life, exactly. Fact, you'll never. You'll I never. see a koala, I start do to I write, cry. Do I write poems? No. Um, no, I just think I think it. Uh, like I said, it changes the way you, I don't think you're ever the same again. Right. Like I'm not, I don't feel a victim of it, but I'm never going to be the same again. Yeah. I never look at large groups of women the same. I worked in daycare for a very yeah. short time and then I went and worked at Schema Dream. I'm in a male-based industry that is slowly becoming, you Wait, know, wait, what, you said I never look at women the same way again as... In the sense of like large groups of women, like, you know, because the girls were the bullies. Like the oh, women, I, you know, I see, okay. So like, you know, so there's things that inform my choices yeah forever like forever and that's yeah. ridiculous you know I see her I see you know like I you know I'm from a small community right. like I see her I talk you know yeah and it's just like and you're just like you she probably has no idea well she does you know right. but it's very tentative and it's yeah. like you know I saw her as recently as uh, a show at Valentine's Day wow I was out in a small town community where I grew up and, and you know but there's but the you know you're a grown up I'm 56 and you know, you're a grown-up I mean, yes, yes, Corey. Yes. You're grown-up, exactly. but I still harbor. But it's still, like, it's... Until we deal with it, right? Like, until, like, what do they say? You can't move past something until you've understood it or understood sure. its impact. Sure. And I know the impact is that that it just forever... Like, I don't want anybody to diminish it. You no. know, like, I try to... You know, but I don't talk about it very often. Yeah. But I know. Like, there's few people that I can go, this... Like, this is what's happening right now. Right. Like, my brother's my best friend, like my youngest brother. Yeah. You know, I can say... Like, oh, cards on the table. I can just guy. say one... Yeah. I can just say one word. I can yeah. just say her name, and he's, like, right yeah. there. You like, probably don't knows. even need to say anything. He'll just be like, oh, yeah, what's going on it. with you? Yeah, we got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, going back to your comedy world, like, how has your your joke writing changed in the past 30 years? 
Like when you um, first left. When I you, first, I really wanted to be Bam Bam Bam, like you know, some you know, Millie Vanilli. I think you're dirtier. Did when you, you say start. Millie Vanilli? I had Millie Vanilli jokes. I was trying to find. <laughs> I old thought jokes. you meant like. Oh, you know, I want to be Bam Bam Bam, like Millie Vanilli, the stand-up. And I'm like, they didn't stand up, too. Was that stolen as well? I had a joke about Millie Vanilli, and and it was so funny. I was thinking about, like, during this year, to tell jokes from my first act. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be great. Like, I'm always faking it, like Millie Vanilli. Like, it was some kind of reference to that. Yes. Um, I remember Mark Breslin saying to me, you don't think that's funny. Like, I'm not sure why you're saying it. Oh, right. Like, you think that everybody else thinks that's funny. Was he right? Yeah, like right. I didn't, you know, but that's how it's changed. Well, I mean, so now that learn. I like, I, I learn more about, I talk more about relationships. Also, it's a, you know, that's a time thing. Like when you have little babies and mm-hmm. kids in life and a real job. I've always had a day job. Like always. I think those comics with the day job contests, I could have entered every one of them. Right. Because I've, all, I've had 35 jobs. Right. But I've always had a day job. And is that just, like, why is that? Why did you never make the leap to do full-time stuff? I chose, like... You know, mortgage children. Yeah. I was like, you know, and then was that always to go back your... to those same communities? Like, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think family was like yeah, it's, it's always like, part of your. Plan. That's the priority. Yeah. yeah. Like, I had no dreams. I started when I was like older, so I, you know, I was twenty six, and I, I really didn't older. No, but like at the time, it seemed I guess older, so, right? Yeah. Like I was like, mm. I don't know. I know you some know. people are starting acting. Like, uh, well, here's the thing. So. I was like going to. Uh, UFC, and I was 10 years older than everybody that I went to UFC with. Right. Because um, I had gone to U of R previously, and then there was a break, and then I went back to university. And why did you, why did and, you do uh, that route? What? Well, because I, I went to U of R, and then I moved to Calgary, and I took my early childhood education. What does education. R stand for? Regina. Uh-huh. And then I took my uh, <laughs> early childhood education in Calgary at Mount Royal College. So daycare. Right. Worked in daycare and all that other stuff. And then I was working in daycare, women everywhere. Yeah. And then I was like, mm. so then one day I phoned a singing telegram company because I saw the woman who was managing the singing telegram company. I saw her at a play my friend was in, uh, The Ecstasy of Rita Joe. She yes. was wearing fishnets and a, a top hat and tails and work in the door, like just opening, yeah. like just taking the box office, right? And I was like, who is that? Yeah. And why does she get to wear that? Right. Like I'm a and how do I get in that town. action? Farm girl, you know, I was just like that. Like, yeah. I'm wearing, you know, uh, what do they call them? Wellingtons? Um, like, no, I was, no, I was wearing, like, what are those boots? Those, like, dusty, duster boots? No. Um, Doc Martens? No, they were uh. just, like, the soft, like, these kind of shoes. Like, okay. the soft, anyway. Boots. So, you know, I'm wearing, like, you know, cords and, like, yeah. flat, you know, and this woman is, like, and I was like, that? And they were like, oh, she manages Schema Dream. So the next day, in the Yellow Pages, here I am, in the Yellow Pages, I looked up Schema Dream. And then I phoned them, and I said, look, I can play the piano, I can write songs, I can mm-hmm. sing, I can do all kinds of stuff. And they said, come down for an interview. And I, they hired me, uh, $600 a month. That- and then by the afternoon, I was a full-face clown <laughs> at Lake Bonavista. <laughs> That's I never put on makeup or nothing. I would just That's like, so I put it on, and then off I went with my balloons. I learned how to blow up balloons. I learned how to do full-face clown makeup. And, and um, the costumes. animal balloons? Uh, no, I never did that. No, just right. like bouquets, right? I can do arches and columns and right, releases don't need to brag, and all but that yeah, stuff. Okay. Yeah. I, could do, <laughs> I could blow up a gross of balloons in seven minutes with a full helium tank. Nothing. Well, Nobody's ever going to say that on your podcast. <laughs> Somebody's going to write and be like, yeah, oh, you can't, you I can do what? it in six minutes. <laughs> but that takes balls. Like, I'm so, like, coming from. Only to a, tell your parents what you've done. 
Because they, so you know, was paid there for no part of you, <laughs> right? Because they just paid for your education. I just got early childhood education and development. I worked in it for like a year, and then I was like, so long. I was like, bye, girls. And was, was it just like the vision of like I can have something else? Oh, something shiny and sparkly. Yeah, because like early a, childhood education I was saw safe. It's like styrofoam girl with a shiny pin. Like right. that's really. It's just like a shiny pin. And had you ever even thought about that before the lady in the fishnets? Like, had you seen? You know, shows on TV. Where oh, yeah, like, no, like, you know, Miss Canada pageants were everything. Ed Sullivan. I used to watch Dean Martin when I was a kid. I used to sneak in the basement and watch Merv Griffin. Right. Like, when I went to University of Regina, um, my, and so your small town pageant kind of television in, in Saskatchewan. So when I, I remember living in my apartment, I ordered pizza to deliver to my apartment, and I watched Johnny Carson for the first time in my life. Okay. So I was 18. And so he'd been going on for quite some time before right. I was 18. But the notion was that, I knew all about Merv Griffin and right. that shiny world of right, Monaco right. and, and, you know, uh, I knew all about that shiny world. And like, did you yeah. ever fall, like, so once you made the decision and you broke it to your parents that... Yeah, I was it, like, early, I'm just going to do balloons. And then I went back to university, to U of C, 10 years later, right. to take my uh, BFA. Right. Because I, I was out of debt one morning. I just realized I was out of debt and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go debt. back I in. I'm back to go. <laughs> Off I go. I can't live out of poverty. What am I doing? Yeah. And it's so way too comfortable. Back, and uh, I was living with adults with developmental disabilities in my house. I was living the life of Riley. I had wait a second, seriously. No, wait a second. How is that life? Wait, is that by choice that you were living with? No, those no, people? no, no. Or I was like, roommates? it was a job. And it was oh, a job. Okay. They, uh, yeah, no. I and it was a job. The Alberta government was trying to bring people back into the community. Right. And uh, I did that in Winnipeg and in in Calgary. And uh, and then so I hired a I I had a gal that was taking social work at. Mount Royal come live at my house and then I decided I could go do I took an improv course at Loose Moose okay and I kept uh, telling jokes and uh, Tony Titino said do not don't, you know it's like I distinctly remember it was like I was changing a tire and I was like I don't remember Jack being this big like I was right you yeah, had jokes like I was telling right jokes and, and he was like no that's not how and it was long before whose line is it anyway and right. it was long before it was very Keith Johnson, like it was like totally clean improv. That's where teaching, yeah. like by the rules, yeah, like it yeah. wasn't like jokey joke club improv. No, no, it was for real. And uh, they're like, yeah, you should go do camp. And there was an amateur comic, uh, Viv Kane, Viv Pfeffer, uh, lives in Vancouver now. She was in the class with me, and she was like, you should come to Yuck Yucks. And so then I went to Yuck Yucks. And did you have you ever strayed from the path? Like I, you said, you've always had a day job to support your family but have you ever gone like I can't I can't do comedy anymore it's driving me no, crazy no I no no I've always done it I like I you know when maybe when the babies were tiny but it's it's always been a great source of income because you've been in the trenches income. like in the in like the... it's been a good source of income you know yeah. like when we you know once you got to that point by the time the kids were there I was making you know enough money to be and then you have to go back to the same kind of market right you know, like you know in Alberta you drive and and you you just drive, like yeah. You, but you go back to the same market with this with a different product, right? Or, or new you build product, your audience because you're not. I'm not going to be sleeping on couches in Toronto. Like I've never done comedy in a club, or other than other than just for laughs or my comedy now. Um, I did a show in Kenora once, and I've done comedy hall in Quebec City, and I've done uh, the Hubcap Comedy Festival in Moncton. Mm-hmm. I've never done comedy in like a club yeah. situation or a corporate. Yeah, like in the east, like it's always been like TV or a festival or something like that. Right. Like I've never done a show, like a regular show. 
Um, when I sit in the trenches, like, because you toured for so long, mm-hmm. and that can't have been easy. No, my parents would be terrified because I was, well, hopping in a car with a total stranger. Right. I'd be like, do you even know this guy? No. No, I'm getting in a car. And Yucks had one car. Like, we had one car. Right. Like, that went out every week. So this is the route. You would go Calgary to Esteban, Saskatchewan. Esteban back up to Moose Jaw, <laughs> which is, like, halfway up the province. And then you go up north to PA. And then you go all the way to the south to Regina. Right. And then sometimes in the summer you went to Kenosi Lake to like kind of a you know dirty dancing kind of a camp resort, situ- resort yeah. kind of situation and then you drive back to Calgary so that was a week I mean there's people who will listen to this and not know any of those places so I let's know. just assume it's long I that's know, a lot of long, driving so at least eight hours a day sometimes six to eight hours a day but here's the here's the thing like I feel like that does a number on you because it's hard it's not only hard physically like the long hours of driving but it was a huge, I mean, it's still a boys' club to an extent, sure, sure. but it was a real boys' club sure, before. Sure. So, battling that sure. and keeping your elbows up to get stage time and to. Sure. How and did you, you just keep like going? the. Uh, well, and you just, it wasn't even about stage time. There was lots of opportunity, you know, like the, you know, and it, and I really is about moving corporate, right? You know, because the clubs never paid that kind of, you know, so, I, you know, it's smart enough. It's yeah. like there's a lot of money laying on the table. Yeah. So if you build that corporate act, and so they were great to be putting me out with great corporate acts. Right. And then building to where the money was. Because for me, it was like, it was always the family. So it was like, like why wouldn't you do the show? I always watch the, you know, the things on Facebook when they have big conversations about like, oh, I'm going to take away all my terribleness and, like, because I've always done... Oh, cleaning up your act. Yeah, Yeah, just like, I'm going to do corporate and take away my art. And it's like, you can do whatever you want, but you can can write comedy for every audience that you're in front of and then just take the comedy with you to that audience. And then you don't have to, you don't have to be totally clean with a corporate audience and you can get really good at being saucy clean or sassy or whatever you want to call it, but... Really, you're talking to the people in the room. I was trying to describe corporate comedy this because I book corporate comedy too. So I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, so that everybody can go out and have a nice Christmas party together. Like right. everybody in the room right. can come have a wonderful it, time and not feel less. It's than a skill at for your sure. own corporate Christmas party. Like at your yeah. own Christmas party. Imagine going out your holiday party or whatever. Imagine coming back and feeling less than because you were something. Yeah. You were something less than yeah. because somebody pointed it out and made you. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, yeah. not the idea of a nice time. No. So I'm all about the entertainment in the bubble. So get in the bubble, be entertained. Yeah. And then just, you know, go away. But if you want to go do, people are like, well, I saw you at the club. It's like, well, that's recess. Yeah. <laughs> like right. you can say right, whatever right. you wanted there because yeah. they're not paying you to not say it. Right. You know, it's like, I mean, yeah. did you find yourself battling a lot of um, of the boys' club when you were on tour? Not too much. Like, I think, you know, I think there's a lot that went over, like, just, like, fell off our backs. Like, right. I think a lot of it. Because we, you had this other life, too, right? It wasn't everything for Yeah, you. and I would just go in you and kids. come you out and I'd come or... back out and go in and go back out. Like, when I was not married and didn't have kids, I was doing it, too. And, and you know, you just kind of, you always waited to see that first show. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's almost like watching from, like, a distance. You know, like, because you're watching to see how exaggerated it is. Like, yeah. you know, some of them are, you know, s- stupid handsome, right? Right. And then the girls are all, like, a Twitter. And you're like, what? You, did you not hear what he just said? Like, because right. I'm, like, digging deeper into right, what he right. just said. Because yeah. I spent the day with him in the car. Right. And I know he's a misogynistic asshole. Right. And I was like, what? 
Don't you see that? And they don't because right. it's all beautifully packaged, right? Yeah. And you're just like, what? Comedy is a... But you don't have to be my tricky. human. Like, I just have to be the human in the car with you. Right. And I'm very good at being the human. Like, I'd be like, tell me more, Mr. Headliner. Right. Like, there's been some, you know, you're in a dangerous snowstorm and they're mad because the guy rented you a four-cylinder and it should have, you know, it's like, no, who's not renting us any more than a four-cylinder? Like, we're like, they're right. not paying the high price for no, the cars for no. the comedians, right? And you're just driving and you're just... But we've had a blast. Like, I listened to all of Les Mis, like, on a on a cassette tape because the radio didn't work in the car. Right. And the comedian that was with me had Les Mis, and he told me the whole story. Okay. And we listened to every song. We just milked oh, it. Oh, yeah. Because that was a good match. We were on the for an hour. Yeah, yeah. That was, was a good There match. was lots of good ones. There was, like, I, I've learned that I was told the entire story of... Um, the Godfather, all three movies. Right. You know, because iconically, you kind of know. Yeah. Uh, well, what about the horse's head? Oh, it's okay. coming. It's coming. <laughs> Did all the voices, you know? You know, so they'd be like... They'd I mean, be... that sounds like you're you're a half full kind of gal. Like you Yeah, were it was seeing... pretty, you know, like I didn't have anybody that was like, I've, I've had like maybe three things that you were like, oh, I wish that didn't happen. Yeah. And one as recently as like a year ago. Right. Like, in, right. you know, like on a giant night, like a giant showcase. Uh, somebody drunk high combination thereof like a colleague for 23 years decided then he wanted to you know yeah. give me a like he wanted to touch my nipples he wanted to right. show me his cock you know I was like right. what? Now? After all I these be, years? I could be your Louis C.K. that's what he said exactly wow yeah yeah I mean, and I was like well I was like I don't know what that means but you like, want to show me your cock? I know but that's yeah. almost like saying it, like that serves him well to be your Louis yeah it's like yeah, everybody needs one like yeah. it's just like, like Louis gets to do it I get to do it it's right like, mm, so that's very interesting yeah so I think yeah not very so often what was the motor then for you that was like making you because I feel like when you have the security of a family of like a day job it's not as adamant that you're pursuing the comedy because it's yeah. something that you're doing like it's kind of gravy to your life yeah yeah so what was what was driving for you Oh my God, the feeling, like just to be there. Yeah. Like, you know, like there's nothing like it. Like just to be able to just go here, ta-da. Mm-hmm. Like it's like that, like I'm the world's greatest audience member. Like you could tap dance right now. Like we could, whatever could. you needed to do. It's just like the leap of faith. Like <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm, I just love that. Yeah. Like I love. I know there's really, like I just, and I love that notion of mixing all those people together and going, okay, we're good. And feeling that energy. Because there's never going to be that. I read an article one time and somebody said it was like, gather around a glowing light, breathing in and out. Yeah. Nothing. It's like time, like forever. Yeah. Like it stands stills for that bubble. It'll never be the same. No, it's extraordinary. Like, you know. Even got, if you record it, it's yeah, different than being I had a show, a corporate, it was a Christmas party. Um, they were drinking from five. Um, eight o'clock show starts. They didn't know I was coming, I don't think. Some guys were in like uh, overalls and do rags and bent over, like way bent over and like drink on their beer bottle, sort of half out of their right. mouth. And, and the owners were there in full tuxes and their wives were in gold lame dresses, like kind of old 1950s airline stewardess kind of look. And, and then there was a couple 12 year olds and then, and then, but they'd been drinking for three hours mm-hmm. and they had their supper. And, and, but the stage was covered with DeWalt tools. Like uh, they were just like all, they were waiting for the door prizes. Like the, the working men were waiting for the door prizes. It was like a road construction company. Mm-hmm. All aspects of it, the, the, the men and everything. And I did maybe six minutes and uh, 
And then the human resources guy came and said, okay, that's that's plenty. That's good. What? Like yeah, you're yeah. on stage? Yeah, and I was they on said... stage. And he was like, yeah, that's... He just came up to me. He goes, yeah, we're, we're good. <laughs> and I was like, okay. He goes, yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. What? And then, uh, so they had like, they kicked me off the stage. Right. Because they weren't, they didn't think I was it. They, I don't think, I don't know what, they didn't really know what they wanted. Right. So then I went in the back and I'm like phoning because there's no back door. There should always be a back door. But there was no back door in this hall. And I was like phoning my agent going, okay, I've just been kicked off the stage. Right. So I'm just going to get the pay. And get out of I'd here. been there the night before and done a similar Christmas party for another company. And it was all fine. And then this company didn't work out so good. So then the owner's wiser come back. And one was crying because she thought I was going to like off myself at the hotel beside oh. the Kentucky Fried Chicken All-You-Can-Eat buffet. And the, <laughs> other, the other one just kept going, you're going to get paid. And she'd take a drink. You're going to get... I said, well, yeah, I know I'm going to get paid. It's all good. It's all good. I just have to tell him. You know, so I'm, I leave a message for him. And uh, they're like, you got to come have a drink. Let us buy you a drink. I was like, no, I'm good. Yeah. And they're like, what are you going to do now? The one is just crying. Like, she's devastated. Right. And uh, I was like, I got 23. At the, that Christmas, probably the best Christmas. I had 23 more gigs before right. Christmas. I was like, I got 23. Yeah. I'm just going to go. Yeah. I'm just going to get my check. Yeah, I mean, it didn't, like, did it hit Oh, like, part? no, no, but, but it's shocking. Like, it's yeah. happened twice. One time I, I had a show, and it was, like, one of those Christmas parties where all the little tables are different little small companies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it happens anywhere else, but it happens in Canada and the prairies a lot. And that's how they celebrate. They rent the hall, and then everybody buys a yeah. table. And so it's a different mix of people, like university, uh, the people from the local university, people from every different walk of life. And so the guy that opened for me was an improv guy, and he did an arms expert thing at the very end, which they loved to open. Mm-hmm. And so they apparently they just loved him. And so then when I went up, I had like maybe eight minutes of nothing, nothing. Like I thought my boobs were bleeding. Like I was rubbing the mic up and down my shirt. I thought my shirt was right. open maybe. Maybe <laughs> maybe too much skin. I didn't know what was going on. Like I honestly, oh, and I was six years in, and I thought I was pretty something. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? Like it was so weird. Yeah. And then we went... And then afterwards, and, you know, eventually they came along a little bit, but they, they were not amused very much. And they were like, some of them were, and some of them were like, no, we're not having you. We'd like that other guy to come back and let us, you know, what? play arms experts. You know, they just want to play games. I know. And I so know. it was like, it's no big deal. But your ego seems uh, real in check. Oh, my God. And then so we go in the back room. And, you know, they have the side room, and there's nothing ever in the side room. The piano lives in there, and like at a hall, right? And then yeah. there's like the, the Remembrance Day wreath that goes out to the cemetery once a year. Like, there's just shite. Yeah, right? yeah. And so we're back there, and we're, uh, we're sitting there, and, we're, and him and I are talking. And uh, this guy comes back, and he's bringing the podium, and he goes, Oh, you want me to shut this light off? Yeah, because we want to sit in the dark. Yeah. At <laughs> <laughs> your hall and discuss my life. Oh. And he goes, he goes, Well, you were different. I go, because I have a vagina. Like, I was like, so, right. like, there's been like maybe, I don't know, five times in my career when I thought, I'm so far away from the sink. Right. Like, I should be at home doing dishes. Like, right. they're shocked that I have so much opinion yeah, yeah, coming yeah, out yeah. of my mouth. Right? Yeah. But it doesn't happen very often, but there's like, a, sometimes you're just like, oh, little just, lady. Uh, yeah. 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 And it's yeah. not usually the other comics. Like, it's not usually. No. No, I've never had that. Like, I've never had. It feels like you have a presence that gives you that kind of. I don't know, you command respect. Well, I hope so. Like, I think, you know, I, I would hope so. Like, I want... Has it always I been want like women that? To do, no, no, no. No. Like, it feels like... No, but I think I understand status. Like, I think yeah. 
No, I've just, I, like I was talking that, to yeah. Marla Lukowski. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about her early days of doing stand-up um, headlining as, a, like, the first female to headline. Yeah. And how, like, it was just really difficult, like, to sort of um, sit with the boys and have a sense of humor with the boys, but not their sense of humor and bring yeah. your own thing to the table. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still like that a little bit when you have to sort of claim your claim your jokes. Yeah. And if the... Like, I'm not, I'm not a lewd comic. I don't yeah. really go there. So if it comes up, I'm like, this is, this is awkward. Like, I don't really, I'm not, I don't find it funny. It's not where, yeah. it doesn't inspire me. Well, it's so subjective, right? It's yeah. It's just like, and I'm so storytelly that, yeah. that, you know, it's like, but I can, you know, I also talk to everybody in the room because I'm from a small town. We used to pray that people got married. Just for something to do, so right. you know that everybody's going right. to be at the hall, right? Like every, like that's my yeah. market, right? Like everybody's going to be there. Did you ever have like big, like bigger goals of like? Because you always had your family, so that probably kept you. No, I just grounded. like I know I. Somebody talked to me about cruise ships. Mm-hmm. That sounds interesting to me. Like you know, yeah. and it was like the time you need thirty minutes clean and thirty minutes dirty. Right, and, and you've like, never oh, thought like I'm going to go to L.A. Like, and see. If no, I can no. Get actually, it. we were talking about this the other day because. Canadian Association of Stand-Up Comedians, and they were talking about right. having a, um, paying a fee and being able to go over the border and work. Okay. And I right. said, well, that would be great if they ever got to that point where we could just pay a fee and have a let, you know, just go over and work across the border. Yeah. I said, but I wouldn't go into, I'd be going to the Midwest, you know, because I do a lot of these breast cancer fundraisers and these right. animal shelter fundraisers for Raise the Wolf and and uh, yeah. um, the Boob Tour. Yeah. Uh, or what they call, you know, but they're, the, the premise is to go into the communities that we're having the fundraisers anyway yeah, yeah. and bring a, a level of great comedy so that you can have it next year and have it next year and bring all these great comedians mm-hmm. in. So that's where I would go. Right. Like, I, I would just go to the Midwest, I think. I mean, it sort of feels like you're living like the ideal in the Cory Mack world. Well, like, I think so. You've got yeah. a great family. Your yeah. family's, like, your kids are growing up and everybody's doing well. And then you're producing YYC Comedy Festival in Calgary. Where you also perform, it gets, seems like you're balanced. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it really, does. Like, I mean, like you might be the only one I know that's as balanced as this. Well, it can be. Yeah. But like, like I said to you earlier, I haven't cried yet today, so that's good. No, right? It's, uh, <laughs> it's like, I think the it's, festival. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I don't know, it, it seems like the comedy is not, um, it's exciting because you can write new jokes and yeah. you can, you know, and I did the Sirius XM, con- like things like that, like they're a little bit. That's really outside of my thing. So then in the last couple of years, I wanted to do the Sirius XM, and I got chosen. Yeah. Out of the 900 applicants, I was like one of the 60 that got to be, you know, to be recorded. And, and you yeah, know, I didn't make it down to the, the finals, but I got to be on that level, the final. And I got to be recorded. And I had a great tape out of it and stuff like that. But I had to go to the clubs and the open mic nights and things like that that I don't right, do. That's not your right, that's jam. Yeah. And there used to be a comedy room in town called uh, Red Carpet Comedy and it was the premise was that the professional comics would come and do five new brand new minutes every week or, or once a month sorry and so we, you would sign up and you would come and do your five right and because nobody does you know so it was a great challenge so one time it was like hack night one time it was a musical comedy right, right. you know okay. so it was great fun to write and it was terrifying it was like fame we're all running around with our little pencils mm-hmm. and they had a it's you know that stables Oh, that was oh, easy. Oh, yeah, that fun, was easy. Right? And yeah. so that the other comics, if I heard you telling a joke I'd heard before, I could go up and go, well, that was easy. Because oh. people would cheat because it's so terrifying. Right. That people go back to their old material. Like, it's so... How long does it take you to work up five minutes, usually? Um, sometimes the comedy gods are smiling, and it just... Sometimes it's come out on stage. But I would say 
um, I would say probably five or six shows, and then you just kind of find that, you know. Wow. Like, I think you just kind of hear it, you know, where you just go, oh, I see that. Yeah, yeah. And that was really good at yeah, bringing it up. Yeah, it feels like you approached it in a, in a, as you said, like a storytelling way, yeah, like a, a almost intellectual way as opposed to like the jokes the bits yeah and now and that and more so now like and and also about that time saving is just like the relationship way because i think it stands the time because yeah. like when we were coming up there was way more late night talk shows that were burning through material but the world has changed it's facebook so the material is burnt through in a zillion ways so you really have to have that unique voice yeah that nobody can take your stuff and you know but no but also in the sense that it's relatable i've always wanted to write comedy that people are like oh that's me yeah, or, yeah. i've done that or i see that or you know because really to me it's all about connection like i have no other craving other than to connect people like honestly that's really what it comes down to yeah. it's like that we're all in this together and that and that you really like i love when men aren't watching me or they're just you know or like i'll I'll encourage, like, it's audience management. It's just like, oh, turn around, you're going to kink in your neck, and you'll, mm-hmm. you'll blame me. Like, I, I make sure, because they've never been in an audience before, so we all have to look this way. We have mm-hmm. to put our phones down. We, but I was telling my parents, I'll tell you, they, I was talking about this night, and, you know, and nobody has any more time than we do, right? right. So they got kids in hockey. Their yeah. parents are aging. They're, you know, they're, they're in their best outfit. They're coming to support the fundraiser at yeah. the hall, and they've been yeah. there since five, and... They really, you know, like they haven't seen each other any more than we see our friends. Right. Like our besties. Right. Like and they're we, choosing to be everybody's there. Everybody's busy, busy, and they come over, and so they're all talky talky. And so that, you know, and they're drunky lunky, and then it gets like, <laughs> it gets more and more, right? And then when, by the time you get on at eight o'clock, you know, they've had a bit, you know, and then so I was telling my parents that I let the noise go up. I would like play with like letting them go a little bit. You know, they're taking pictures, they're talking mm-hmm. to each other, and then I bring it back, back, mm-hmm, back to mm-hmm. me, back to me, back to me, and then back up again, and back right. to me, back to me. And I was, and this one woman had this joke about you know how do you have sex when you're back living at home? Like you know some people. And I said, well, how do you have sex? And she goes like this, and then she's doing this bump and grind, and right. people are going crazy, and I'm taking pictures of her, and and I'm just leaning up against the back wall waiting for because the, they're soaking up their neighbor who's like just joyously yeah. bumping, a, you know, yeah. and I was telling my parents and, and them being from a generation where everything was proscenial and church-like and like one guy presents and the rest of us accept right. and one guy right. presents and we accept and sometimes people say, like, it's it's just call and response, like yeah. there's no chitty chatty. and my mom said, honest to Christ, she said, well, if you're a bit funny, I hate to say this, if you're a bit more funny, maybe you could hold them, okay. that's what she <laughs> When was the last time she saw you? Oh, she she saw me at Christmas. They saw me. They came out and saw Ophira Eisenberg and I right. did a show in town because when yeah. Ophira comes home, we we pull together and we trying to have this like holiday show. Yeah, great. Every year, kind of thing. But that's so funny. They came out, but yeah, she. But was then, like, do they think that you're funny? Like, do they know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then they were shocked when I first said it for sure. They were like, "What?" Yeah. But uh, yeah, I always say it's the middle child, you know. But that's pretty trite. But it's right. Like, you know, it's just like the, I have an older brother and then I have two younger brothers. And then oh yeah, you I'm, were fighting I'm for your place. Middle, yeah, and then yeah, my youngest brother's like ten years. He's the one who was my bridesmaid and my best friend. And right. Like, he's like. Do you remember the joke okay. that made you go, "Oh, I'm funny," or the bit? Oh, I could tell you. Um, I said on stage one night, and I didn't. I've never said it out loud before this, but it was like, um, I said, 
I've always been big and it's like skinny people hear the cutest things you've ever heard in your life eat something else you're going to blow away have another little piece of pie you look a little gaunt right all they ever heard was honey don't stand up you'll tip the picnic table right and I was like and that was the bit and then I was yeah. like there yeah the best bit I ever wrote was my, uh, my iPhone joke and I it, because my oh husband, yeah yeah like I just love that joke and I just you know it's just like because you could just milk it forever yeah and just like have so much fun with it because it's physical too. It's physical, and, and you can yeah. like you know what the whole yeah. We're just gonna have to leave out. it out there for people the listening. You're gonna have to go you're find have to it. go look on YouTube. Yeah, so funny. It's the only one I've ever put out there. And recently, I get favorites. Like right now, I have a good one that you know it's like a, what I would put on merch if I had merch. Right, right, so, right. You know, and so then I'm like, oh yeah. Why don't you have merch? Like, because I haven't figured it out. <laughs> But you should see my algorithms on my on my computer because I'm looking for underwear. Right. I'm looking for white boxers with no seam on the front, so right. I can put You're researching. Word. You're I'm the research research and development my stage. My algorithm is just like underwear and ginch, like right. for days on the side of my computer. It's like, right. What are you looking up, Corey? Just yeah. Underwear. Just ginch. So how did that turn into like when you started working with the YYC? Like, first of all, what was the impetus to start it? I knew that Calgary was the cultural capital of Canada. It was the last year of that program, and they had money, and they had money to connect artists to artists like Calgary to the world, right? Right. And so they had grant money. I read an article on a plane coming home from the Canadian Comedy Awards. I used to be the nominations and awards chair. Right. And I read this article, and I sent an email to Harry Dupe, and I said, uh, we should do this. And he said, what? And he big capital letters told me off and then 10 <laughs> seconds later he said just kidding this is amazing great right. idea and then we just started going and I, do, I find it interesting that you aren't performing this week because uh, like oh so funny like, like I have the, performed uh, on the festival mostly for monetary reasons like so we could save money yeah um, but and I've had a great time on it but it's really I've done the debaters uh, sure. d- they were here in 2013 and uh, the work that it's entailed you know, like it's just really a split no you're spinning thing. a bunch of plates this yeah, week right. where do you get that from where do you get that um, need to produce and be I a producer I just want to bring people together because I don't think people get to see the greatest headliners in the country because unless you work at a giant corporation like TELUS or RBC or something like that you're not very often going to see the likes of the greatest comics that we have right you're not going to get to go to a Christmas party and see Steve Patterson or Pete Zedlacher or Avira Kurt or Courtney Gill like you don't get mm-hmm. to go to Just for Laughs mm-hmm. um, you don't get to go you don't get to see these iconic comics that are putting out Netflix specials and are on Jimmy Fallon or you don't get yeah. to see them in an intimate relaxing like like so why not bring them over here right but a lot of people feel that way a lot of people go oh the the people need to see those comics that you just mentioned but not a lot of people do anything i don't know if people do like i don't know if they do 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 that really i I feel like there's a there's a feeling in this community of like oh if only the world could see this person or if only we could get this person more exposure but they aren't taking action like you actually put your money where your mouth is and are producing a show like seven years come. later this yeah. is amazing amazing yeah. festival yeah that is one of the most diverse festivals it's one of the most oh, expansive yeah. festivals i um, think so yeah we're trying to add of. so many voices so that people can come and see themselves yeah. in comedy because i think my my worry is that people are terrified of comedy what do you mean people are scared of stand-up comedy like to watch it yeah <laughs> really yeah because, why because they're afraid somebody's going to pick on them that's the number one thing that people will say to you. I'm not going to sit in the front because somebody will pick on me. Because that still happens. Even after 9-11. Um, I can't imagine having that much chutzpah to like, 
you know, pick on people, like to have that much jam that you were just like, yeah, turn it, you know, like being like a, a comic that would pick on the audience. It doesn't, yeah. but it happens. It does. Yeah. Right? Sure. And so, so it's like, and it's very much an us them thing. And I, I think the world has moved from an us them thing. And so I'm really adamant about that. It's, uh, that people are, and I, every show I do, I, every show I do, I say, thank you for live comedy thanks mm-hmm. for listening mm-hmm. like my last joke is a street joke about listening um a little gift that they can take away they could tell their friends and then and then they can just know that it's okay like there are comics out there like everybody can have a nice time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like why how why is that wrong and they never seems even like you're giving a lot there's a lot of like you looking after as you said you're a caregiver you're the calgary's to... caregiver i Corey just Mack. want people to know that it's like it's not like, I have best friends that have never seen live comedy. Yeah. Like, like my boss had never seen live comedy. They're missing out. And they, because they're, because they know of the other kind of live comedy, or other kinds. Like, there's all kinds. Like, but I mean, they've seen Les Mis. What do they need past but if you went, <laughs> But if you went and saw a movie, like, you would do some research. You know, now you can do all kinds of research. There's all kinds of Netflix, and there's websites, yeah. and there's, you can follow somebody. You can follow them like a rock star, like... Dave Merhej has followers. Yeah, Steve Patterson totally. has followers. People follow them, you know, but they don't often do public shows mm-hmm. that are accessibly priced. And that's the other thing. Like these giant theater shows, like a giant, not theater, but like stadium comedy is a thing. And why right. wouldn't you go? Because he's your favorite and, and she's your favorite. And you would just go and be, but I can't imagine. Like in, yeah. we were at the Jubilee and it's a gorgeous venue and we love it there. And it's like, but I sat in a, another show. I went to see Lyle Lovett. And uh, you know, and they were just like, "Man, we could use a screen. Like, how? Like, you know, can I see his face? Like, uh-huh. I want to see his uh-huh. face. Yeah. So I want people to be in a little room with a little light and looking at somebody's face right. and hearing their thing, and getting to hear the best voices, like you know, from LGBTQ yeah. to French totally. to oh my God. to to whatever, like to women who are fifty six to you know to say like my voice is no less than hip happening. You know, like even when I went to Just for Laughs, like the people on TV were Roseanne and Drew Carey and, and Brett Butler and right. like all of that age group, right? And uh, they're all older than me. But like at the time, it was like, that's the age group. But at the Just for Laughs, then they were picking guys that were like, you know, Disney. Yeah. You know, that were 25 but looked 18, you know, like because right, right. they were looking for for TV sitcoms and sure. stuff like that. But all the sitcoms that were the most popular were populated by middle-aged comedians. Right. You know? Yeah. So if you're expanding all this care for Calgary and for people seeing live comedy, what do you, what's the thing that you want more of or less of? Like Corey Mack to balance things out. I want more people to... No, but that's you looking after people. I want more again. people to come in. <laughs> but no, I really you know like I mean? that. Like, would like just to just to people to acknowledge that it's an art form. I think that acknowledgement yeah. is huge, right? For me, yeah. Like lots of people, you know, the comics are comedians, and lots of people are hardcore, and they don't want that. But I think, you know, to be able for me to be able to apply for funding and to be able to yeah. for my own tour, or my own thing, or my own development, or my own workshop, or wouldn't you like to go to Net- Edinburgh and? watch the world's greatest comedy or whatever and and to be able to apply for the workshops and the funding and the you know the storytelling people have um festivals and they have a funding pocket and you know so as an independent artist who you know who grew up in a system that made you feel like you were employed but you were actually self-employed right you know so we all grew up in a really bad 
back ass word as my mom would say kind of a, a feeling that we were being taken care of mm-hmm. but we're not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so now that it's becoming this this conversation around us being artists or, or deemed artists by the Canadian government and people are shocked when you tell them right. Right? so that whole that whole thing or the Juno Awards coming back or being able you know yeah. the, the, there's so many tools out there to make an album like in my 30th year I'd like to go to Dodds Land Saskatchewan and make an album so just so that I could say these people know me and, and this oh I'm going to cry I don't know why I'm going to cry yeah. um, just so you could say this is uh, this is what it is right and these are good people and you know maybe you swore on national television once but you know they forgive me <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's just that whole notion of like um, celebrating that it's it's really um it's easy to forget that we exist out in the West, right. A, in yeah. this country, in comedy. The centers are somewhere else. And so it's really important to, because you don't want to be doing 30 years and nobody knows who you are. Yeah. Like, like I don't, it doesn't matter if you don't know who I am, but I want you to know that the work has been put in and I have performed for 300 people at a time when I have performed, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I always say, like, in the clubs, like, I'm performing for more people in my shows. You know, the Canadian Comedy Awards, we get into these discussions, who could be the best female comic, or, you know, what are the category, like, how can you apply to be in the category? This is in the oldie days. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you know, I, there was no yucks in Calgary at the time. You know, so there is no club system. So in Toronto, club system, you could headline, mm-hmm. you could make it your quota of headlining gigs to be at, eligible for the best comic in the country mm-hmm. quite readily right? because you could do those clubs a couple times a year and but then here, that would add up but out here and then my argument was like I'm performing for as many humans and so I guess that respect for um, the audiences yeah. that are here and people writing for them and not feeling like it's less than like yeah. the quality of comedy is extraordinary in this community yeah. and we're working really hard and, and there's lots of great people and that they could stay here and uh, mm-hmm. make people laugh. Like, right. why wouldn't you want to stay right here and make people laugh? Because, like I said, there's like a million seven in this city alone mm-hmm. that could use a laugh. Yeah, no kidding. Like, why? I mean, who doesn't need a laugh? Yeah, like, like, why does it all have to be the people? I've laughed enough for the day. Thank you very much. <laughs> but well, I think it's great. amazing. I, I think you're you're. Do they give keys out in Calgary? They, they should give the you the key. Uh, the I know you've got probably but nobody 20 knows white who hats. I am. Nobody knows who I am. I have no way. I do have a way. What hat. do you want to be remembered for then? Ah, oh, just like somebody who uh, just the seamstress for the band, I guess. I don't know. You're okay with that? No. This well, I think you're fantastic, you and I think well, it's you. definitely, I mean, this is really one. We've done this festival Three, this is my third time doing the YYC Comedy Festival. And each time it's like, you're well looked after. The audiences are oh, great. Nice. And the festival lineups are always really interesting. Yeah. And yeah, you work really hard. And uh, I hope Just that like, they they throw you a parade. Oh, at the very least. Wouldn't that night, be awesome? Right? Just like a big musical. No. With, with monkeys and a couple of dancing <laughs> bears. That's all I ask. <laughs> And I'll go on the road with my one-person show. I have a one-person show called The Goose Queen of Kindersley. Uh-huh. And that, yeah, that's, that's it. Is that your next goal, like doing more of the one-person show? I just like writing. I'd like to make a show. I've got a couple writing. I took some script writing and 
And I, yeah. I would, like, if I had a day, like, if I had, I used to ask for it for Christmas, like, just a week in a hotel by myself. You right. Know? Uh, just to, like, there's lots of writing. I, I write and then I don't write for, like, five years. Right, right, right. And then, you get like, distracted. the festival. You got a lot of places. I used to sit in my backyard. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. So, now I start to dream about, you know, what happens next. So, maybe, who knows? Yeah. Because the kids are both in university and... So what do you got going do? on next, next week? Next week, I can maybe <laughs> sit down. Uh, I always wrap it up by asking what people, um, what advice you would have given yourself, your 10-year-old Corey Mack. Um, I would have, uh, I'd have stayed 10 longer. Right. Because I was 10, I thought, I'm halfway to 20. I was so excited <sighs> about being halfway to 20. Like, just to be, you know, yeah. just to be 10. Just to be hanging out, you know? Yeah. Just to be, you know, just to be a kid, I guess. Like, just like, because that was like, I mean, wicked awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think in, in my family, in my house, like, in my, in, the, in those people, like, I, you couldn't trade that for the world. Like, we go to family reunions. First time my husband and I went to a family reunion, we were just married. We had our first Mac family reunion. And uh, I had to pull the car over and I cried for like a half an hour. I couldn't stop crying. Because yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to be with them, you know. Yeah. Because that, what? How hard is that? Oh, like Lord. really, like games and loud and noise and you know. Every time somebody passes away in our family, I, I sneak into a room and I just listen, because it's never going to be the same, right? Like sound, that sound of life. We don't stop and hear it very often. I think that's what comedy is: is that, that sound in that room of all those people and that energy is like addictive and that's what you crave like I think I think that notion of just listening to you know bringing people together to have that I think I would say just that ridiculousness we're lucky to have you oh thank we you are, you're truly. a very kind person yeah thanks for doing Delightful. it you're thanks welcome. on behalf of the comedy community in Canada well thank you I had a little interview and I think the firecracker department is like the best thing ever yeah it's coming along but oh my thanks god to, thanks to folks like you though it, it all I mean right it's gonna take a village yeah exactly. all of it takes a village we can't we do any of this care by ourselves other. thanks Corey Matt. <laughs> thank you very much so fun it's lovely ah uh, she's just such a fun firecracker and what a great flashback and even just speaking to her I um you know, I just reminisce about festivals. I love festivals so much, and the Calgary Comedy Festival was easily one of my favorites. Uh, they were so welcoming. We got white-hatted at the airport when we arrived with uh, my comedy troupe before. That was extraordinary. Um, and just Calgary is one of my favorite places to be. I'm so thrilled to have been part of that festival. Now, sharing these interviews from the times before, it, it does get me excited for the next time that we can do this in person. And I start writing that list of like, when we get to do this in person, what's it gonna be like? Uh, I'm not sure, you know, if we'll ever go back to 100% the way we were, you know, like recording all in person or all virtually. And you know what, that's okay. We're, we're learning. Oh my gosh, we're learning. This has been like the ultimate global learning curve. And um, when I think back to, quote, returning to normal and not having all the things that we've learned, I'm like, I, I don't think that's possible. I'm grateful for the past year and all those lessons and all the relationships that I've been able to build because we are virtual. Gosh, circling back to 
uh, Alyssa Abler and Rebecca Marquardt from The Shoutout. Those are two people I've never met in person, but I am really lucky to have them in my life. They're real dear friends to me now. So those are the things I'm getting. So we're all trying to take what we've learned and just bring it along with us. Even if those things are like, I love to read again, but we'll never wear jeans again. <laughs> jeans, who's wearing jeans? Or like work from home works, but I need a specific space to be creative outside of my workspace. And that can't be like my computer. And then just to the right of my computer is my creative space, which is what I'm doing. I'm learning the balance of work and rest and self-care and all those things when it's just you to do all those things. We're the boss of us. We can do all those things. We can take care of ourselves and take care of our creative heart and take care of those around us. So what are you doing? What are you working on? What are you, are you restocking your summer face mask selection? Let us know at firecrackerdept on Instagram or Twitter. And while you're there, you can follow Corey Mack on Twitter at Corey Mack and on Instagram at Corey Mack Wilson. You can book Corey for a virtual show via her website, coreymack.ca. And check out the newest album she's featured on on Spotify called Stand Up Alberta Countdown to Discounts. Those links will be all in our show notes. And don't forget to listen to the aforementioned live episode with singer-songwriter, favorite person, actor, Jan Arden. It's really one of my favorite interviews and she's one of my favorite people, easily. It's episode number 550 from September 2019. Don't forget, if you're going over to listen to Jan Arden, check out somebody that you don't know very well or maybe like a name you've never heard of and open your mind to the other firecrackers that are on our podcast. It's one of my favorite things that we do with Firecracker Department that we even the playing field, that folks like Jan Arden can exist in the same territory on the same podcast as somebody that maybe is not as far along in their career. And that's okay because we're all creators. So go check out Jan and then check out some folks that maybe you don't know as well. Thanks everyone. Winnie Wong is our Firecracker head producer. Follow her at wonder underscore Wong on Instagram and wonder underscore Wong eight on Twitter. Sydney Nielsen is our co-producer and head editor. You can follow them at Sydney underscore Nielsen. Sydney, like Australia. Nielsen, like milk. You can follow me on social media at my last name, at Sneekus, S-N-I-E-C-K-U-S. The rest of the team comes at you from Toronto, Los Angeles, Austin, London, Dubai, and truly from all over the world. And we are so excited and feel so lucky to have two amazing, incredible firecracker interns for the winter of 2021. Fran Caviello and Saba Dolati. And I have to say, these are firecracker humans to their core, and we're so lucky to have them with us. Get into the full Firecracker Department core team at firecrackerdepartment.com slash about, because we're always updating and we're always growing. Stay tuned to our newsletter for advanced updates on our monthly meditations, upcoming mentorship workshops, live script department readings, festival partnerships, weekly writing workouts, and dates for 2021, and so much more. There's lots going on in Firecracker Department. Don't forget, we also have a weekly brunch on Zoom every Sunday, and our live Firecracker follow-ups return this month, so stay tuned to our socials for who and when. Now, whether you're a first-time or a long-time listener to the Firecracker Department, we always, always want to hear from you. We love hearing what quotes, the specifics, the nuances of things that stuck with you from each of the episode. We mean it. We really do. And we respond to every single thing that comes our way. If it gives your brain goosebumps or it piques your curiosity or makes you want to stop and write something down, send it back to us or our Firecracker guest or both. I mean, everybody likes to know 
that when they put something out into the world that it resonates. And if it sparks something in you, use that creativity to take some creative action. Let us know. Share it because it just reverberates, you know? If you see somebody being creative, that might spark somebody else's creativity. So pay it forward. Thanks also to Jeff Malutinovic and Igor Korea for our theme music. And thanks to you. Yeah, you. Sitting there, driving there, walking there, working out there, and taking time to listen. We know there's a lot of options out there, and we really appreciate you choosing us. We hope to see you at the Firecracker online community. Maybe brunch. Maybe the writing workshop. Come on and share some time with us. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Firecracker Department. We'll see you next time.